Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Giovanni. This is Sam. We're the hosts of SS Central. Wow. It has been a very, very, very long time since we have published an episode of SS Central. Our last episode was on January the 14th. And it's now March the 3rd. So it's been a pretty wide gap only because both of us have been busy. I had to go for my driver's license test again. He's been working and his school schedule has been kind of crazy. So we haven't really had a good time, a good in-between time to just kind of um, make an episode. But all that aside, it's been a long time. So we're still getting back into the game of doing this and it looks like our last episode, uh, the Chrysler 300, got like nine plays, which isn't that bad. But most popular episodes to date are tied up with the Tracker and the Ford F-150. So uh, those are doing pretty good. And those were so – that was before uh, Sam joined us. That, And it looks like the uh, Y Fiat Boy Chrysler got 12. Uh, Co-hosting Russian got three. The, uh, and the 300, of course, got nine. Uh, but other than that, like I said, we've been busy and we have a new topic for you. So this is another car talks today. We're going to be doing the 2013 Dodge Dart. Um, this one's still in production uh, from what I could find. There's actually a 2021 model coming out. And I thought we should cover this one because it's more of a uh, more of one of Dodge's, I guess you could say, economical, more economy cars. Uh, I guess that's kind of the best way to put it because they're a lot cheaper uh, to buy and sell. You know, the resale value on these things do depreciate a lot because they're small and they're not, you know, like high-end cars. That's a good thing because, you know, it's more economical. A lot of people who can't buy a new snazzy car can get a, a newer car for less because it's more economical. That's, I guess, what their um, their their thought process was let's make an economical car that people can buy you know people who can't afford a snazzy computer center console car i guess you could say um but this one's more i guess basic you could say but it does have its downsides which we will cover and they are not the best downsides you would want in a car it's not just interior or exterior appearance that is the downside it's, it's not great but uh sam you have anything to say about the dart before we start um, from appearance from the outside of it, it doesn't, from the pictures that I'm looking at, it doesn't really look like it's too modern. Granted, it is a 2013, but I looked up if it was still in production and do- I clicked on Dodge's website and it looks like this coming out with an electric one. So um, it seems like they're still making them, but that's to be determined because we can't get a clear yes they are or no they aren't so that's all i've got to say for now all right so i guess we'll dive into this so let's move on to the the car let's talk about that so like i said this is the 2013 dodge dart uh we're not going to get into the the newer ones this is just the 2013 year uh, I just thought it was a good in between. Uh, maybe we'll we'll cover a more modern model, you know, from a later year like 2018 or 2019. But this is the 2013. 
Uh, used, they go from between the lowest is $4,531 to $11,447. Now, it's a sedan. It does have the size of a coupe. You know, it looks like it could have two doors, but it's a four-door sedan. Uh, for its size, I mean, it's pretty small for a four-door. I mean, it's just probably could have got away with being a coupe, but I think the original Dart was uh, a four-door, so I guess I wanted to keep that kind of uh, kind of look of a four-door instead of a coupe. But it's got five seats. Uh, it's got almost 30 miles to the gallon, 29 to be exact, which is just not bad for a small car. I mean, I think it's got like a 2.3 or 4 liter in it. I don't know. Maybe I think the base has like a 1.5, which is pretty small, but it, it's good – better to have a small engine in a car like this because this car is a lot smaller and probably doesn't weigh as much as a you know a full-size car this is more of a smaller smaller four-door but i think uh there's the trims here so it looks like the the base the base or kind of the uh the first trim is the se or slash arrow i don't know if that's on combination with each other they're both separate i think the se is the base and the arrow is the next one up from that uh it starts at fifteen thousand dollars now i'm just going to assume that was new in 20 2013 and hey that's not bad that's not bad that that's kind of like uh chevy in the 2000s when they were selling their their uh their pretty economical cars with uh, the economical base and the sport sport uh trims and that's not a bad price, 15, 15 grand. That's pretty good for, for new. That's new. Now it's probably way less. Uh, that's from the top. I already read that for 29 miles a gallon. Uh, it's got a two, 160 horsepower, two liter. Uh, runs on regular gas because this is the base. I think the uh, – no, never mind. They all run on regular gas. They're not tuned to run 90 or 93. Um it comes with a six-speed manual. Well, that's interesting. You, you don't see bases coming with manuals. This, no, this, normally that, that's an extra. Yeah, that like yeah, exactly. It's normally an extra or you know special order. But that that's it comes it comes uh, from the factory with a manual. That's that's pretty interesting. Uh, it has front-wheel drive. Most small cars and do have front-wheel drive. It's. I think there's a reason behind it, but I'm not too sure why. It's There's a reason behind why they're front-wheel drive. I don't personally know. But let's see. We got it in three colors. Uh, now, we use cars.com for this. We don't really use any other site because they have the most accurate information. But they do have these weird uh, colors that they that they say that they the cars come with. And, like, the first one, Blue Streak Pearl Coat. Now... I'm not making that up. You can go to cars.com and look at it. I, I don't really think that's an appropriate name for colors. You just call it blue, light blue, whatever. But they have these obnoxious names. But the, the colors are blue streak pearl coat, bright silver metallic, bright white. That's actually one of the more normal sounding ones. Maximum steel metallic, uh, pitch black, uh, red line two coat pearl. True Blue, Tungsten, Metallic, and Winter Chill. Uh, now, if you want to, you can look at these colors for yourself if you want to. They're, they're pretty self-explanatory, but that's, that's, that's the names. Now, the next one is the SXT and Rally. 
rally. Uh, however, you however you interpret the Y between the L and the E. Uh, now I do know the SXT and the rally or rally uh, whatever um, are two different trims because I've seen the rallies and the, the SXTs, so I do know that they're two two separate trims. But I think they're pretty much the same, just two different trims. They might have different features that I'm not aware of, but. I have seen the rallies. They're more the uh, the sportier. They're kind of the sportier middle middle ground, uh, but the sport trim is the, the 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 highest one, which will be the limited GT, which I'll get into in a second. Now, uh, now, now that this this is kind of like a middle ground of a sport trim, it is a little bit more pricey because it probably does have some uh, some more sportier luxury features to it. Uh, it starts out at seventeen thousand dollars, which for middle ground of a sports car doesn't sound too bad. Uh, it's got yeah 29 miles of the gallon. Uh, it's got the same engine as the the uh, base trim, so I don't need to go over that. But that all I will say, all trims do come with a six-speed manual. None of them change. They're all six-speed manuals. They all uh, also have all the same engines. They're all 160 horse. They're 2.0 liters. And they're all the same engine, which I don't find that good. Cause with the higher trims, you would think they would give you a different kind of engine. But I guess they're cheaping out and they're going with the same engine for all their cars. So, Yeah, it, it, that's what kind of gets is kind of weird. Because when Chevy was doing this type of thing, they at least put a better engine for each trim. So the higher trim you got, the better engine you got. For instance, the old, the old Malibus, not the old Malibus, but the Malibus from, uh, what was it? I think it was 2000, around 2007, 2009. I might even be 2000 to 2009, but they had the base trim. I think it was the, the LS or the L, I think LT or LS. Uh, it came with like a two liter, I think, or something. And then the higher you went up, like if you went to LT, you got a, I think it was a three liter. And then if you went up to SS, you got a, the 3.8 liter, almost the four liter. So you see when Chevy did it, they were actually putting a slightly better engine for each trim and you got more horsepower, of course, but it seems that Dodge, like you said, is cheaping out. They're just putting the same exact engine with the same exact horsepower in each car. So they're trying to market uh, for the higher trims, a sports car, when you can just buy the base for, for cheaper with the same exact engine, the same exact transmission, Except the only thing with the, the rally and the limited GT that they may offer is that they, you get orange and a couple other colors that you don't get in the base, which yeah. is kind of stupid because you know, it's kind of misleading as well. Because you think when you get in the sport, sports trims, you think you're getting a you know faster car than the base trims, but you're not. You're getting the same exact thing. Yeah. So all it seems like they're changing is just what it looks like on the outside. That's what it seems right. like to me. So. I think the sport trims only give you uh, more sportier looking rims. I think they might be just black and look more sporty. And the orange, uh, the orange and yellow, it looks like uh, as your color, as your two other colors for the sport trim, which is kind of uh, I don't want to say deceptive marketing. I just want to say more of a, more of a bad marketing move because you know you're charging more for a car. Uh, that has the same exact engine that has no performance upgrades uh, from the base model. The only upgrades you do offer are better uh, black rims and 
uh, two other colors, which, like I said, is it sounds really stupid. Well, I have no words. And, and they're charging more money for the sport trims, but the same exact engine, just different paint on the exterior. Yeah. But uh, I don't even know if I'm going to cover the Limited GT because it's, it's all the same, except that the only difference with the Limited GT, a Limited or GT, is the price. It's almost... 20 grand, it's $19,995. Uh, so they're charging more money for different paint and some slightly better rims. I, I, I think that personally, I, I'm pretty sure you would agree with me, Sam, that that's kind of deceptive. Yeah. Even though I don't want to use that word, it kind of does seem deceptive. And it kind of seems pretty bad, too, because you're charging them more for basically the same car. Yeah, because there's different nothing different. Car. Nothing. Exactly. I don't, I don't get it. Dodge is really weird with their marketing on the Dodge. I mean, that's with the Dart. Yeah. So I have to agree with you. Yeah, it's just that's just how it is with uh, the Dart. They just they don't like to change it, and that that's that's really that's bad. But all right, so I guess we cover all. That's all the trims. They only offer about three, or I guess four, six if you want to count the other ones, but aside from the trims, uh, we were discussing before we actually started the episode, the bad, which is, you know, really bad. We'll start with the good uh, because it's more of a uh, refined and more of a, uh, a well, I don't want to say well-written, but I want to say it's more of a, a looks type thing with the good, you know, it's not really anything that great. I think there's only one good mechanical uh, reference here. But everything else is more of an appearance, uh, interior and exterior uh, recommendation or uh, approval. But the good uh, has a stylish appearance. Now, before I continue with that, I do want to say that I think this might have been the um, uh, what is it, the, the, the crash dummy of the uh, the new Dodge Charger? Because if you look at the rear of the car, it has the same exact taillight setup as the new Dodge Charger do. Mm-hmm. which I think is kind of funny because the, the 20, if you look, I want you to look up a 2013 Dodge Charger, everyone. It looks nothing like the Dart, okay? It still had the old 2000s uh, front end. It did change the rear end a little bit to kind of resemble this taillight, but it didn't look anything like it. Now, I kind of think this was the crash dummy for the Dodge Charger because Dodge Charger, even to the current current year we're in right now the models are producing have the same exact taillight setup now i don't know yeah. if we're trying to test it to see how the market would be see if people would like it and think it was it looked nice or they just came up with the idea and moved it over to the um the charger because they thought it looked nice on that too but you can't say the same for the front end i mean i don't think it looks too much like it let me just see because I don't really see any difference with the front end uh, of the car resembling the Charger. But we'll see. I just want to take a quick look just to see. Yeah, no. There's no... It's not the same. Charger front end is different, but the the rear, the taillight setup, is the exact same as the Dart. So, like I said, it could have been a the crash dummy to see how the market would be, see if people would like it. But uh, that's, just a, that's just a conspiracy theory. Uh with that but moving on the, uh, the exterior it's okay i mean 
it, it doesn't look bad. I mean, if, if you get the the sport trim and you get the nice the nice color, you don't even need the sport trim as long as you got the black rims. Maybe I mean that look kind of cool. But I mean, looks aren't the entire thing. You know, you gotta uh, what counts is under the hood, really. That's that's what matters. But this, they didn't really seem to to care what was under the hood. They just used the same engine on all the trims. But let's see. Uh, the next one is suspension refinement and body motion control. Now, I don't know what body motion control is. Maybe that's some sort of uh, electronic control that uh, limits or can can uh, absorb the shocks of the road when you hit a pothole or something. Maybe it makes it so it's not as bumpy when you hit it and doesn't doesn't damage the suspension as much. Let's see. But I guess they has a pretty uh, they had a, a very more uh, luxury suspension I guess you could say on here or maybe they uh, redesigned to have uh, the way their suspension works to make it kind of so it absorbs shocks better uh, okay here we go hydraulic body motion control now blah, 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 blah. four wheel independent suspension okay so yeah I, I okay so that's basically what it is it's basically just a uh, it looks like an electronic system that helps absorb the, the shocks from the road. Like I said, potholes. Uh, so it doesn't, it doesn't uh, damage your car as much and it doesn't hurt you as much when you hit it. You know, you don't bounce around the car like a, uh, a, a popcorn in a, uh, in a popcorn cart. So that's what that is. I just took a guess and that's really what it is. It's kind of self-explanatory, but uh, they also, this is the only mechanical, uh, this is the only good thing they have to say about the mechanical part of the car, which is shift quality. It's uh, it says it's responsive and uses a PowerTech auto auto transmission. This this is in all models. You can't get any other transmission options. It's the only one you can get. Uh, front it says front seat comfort. So, so wait a minute. You're telling me that the people in the back don't have a comfortable ride? That 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 the seats back there are not comfy? They're like wooden seats or something. That's what they probably feel like. Now, uh, call call me sensitive, but that that that's kind of um, back of the carist, you know, all the isms, you know, back of the carism. That that's not cool. F fix it, Dodge. You, you you really need to fix that. Recall all those seats and put new springs in them. Re yeah, recall all of them. Put new springs in it, or else we have to cancel you. I'm sorry. But, and then the last one is. Quiet interior, so that probably is just you know, it's not as loud. You know, they probably the tire they have nice tires on there, high quality, so there's not any road noise, and they probably have it so it's a uh, kind of soundproof. So I guess that's a plus if you're looking for a quiet ride. Uh, th that's what they cite to quiet ride. But now we get into the bad, and Sam was really keen on this because you know this this is some bad stuff. Like I said earlier. Uh, as a turbo but it's uh turbo doesn't like to cooperate with the dual clutch transmission looks like or that's what i took from it or you could also take from it that it's a turbo four cylinder with a clumsy dual clutch right i don't know what they're trying to say but it seems like it's not a very good engine but yeah it's that's kind of confusing i mean maybe you could look at it that way. You can look at that the turbo doesn't really like the uh, the four cylinder engine because it's a, it's a small engine, and that the transmission doesn't like it because the turbo is outputting too much power and the transmission can't keep up. 
it's really just the way I guess you determine it or uh, interpret it. Uh, okay, then the next one is sluggish gas pedal response. Now, I did an entire podcast. I don't know if it's on Anchor. I think it might be on uh, Spreaker about uh, what the heck was it called? I can't even remember. Uh, it was throttle control system. I think it was or some. It was something like it was electron. No, uh, electronic throttle control (ETC) systems. I did an entire podcast about that about the the perils of ETC systems, and I already covered that. But I will say that. That's probably the, the result of a faulty ETC. And I say that because the computer probably wasn't programmed right. And uh, there's, a, there's probably a really big lag when you uh, apply throttle. I mean, maybe, maybe it could be even a manual cable tra- uh, throttle. And that's, there's something wrong with that. Maybe the, uh, the, the cable sticks a little bit. That's, that's, it really depends if it has an ETC or not. Uh, now let's see. Okay. Uh, ride may be too firm for some. Now I'm guessing that probably has something to do with the suspension, but they just said that the suspension was refined and had body motion control. So why would that be an issue if they have this top of the line body motion control? And that's just a bunch of electronic, uh, electronic junk that probably doesn't even work or do anything other than just weigh your vehicle down. But I, I, they're kind of contradicting themselves here by saying that it it has body motion control, which is some sort of hyped up thing that's supposed to make the ride better, and they refine the suspension so the road the ride isn't bumpy. But now they're saying the ride may be too firm for some. So you, you're just kind of contradicting yourself there. I don't know. It, it just seems weird. Uh, and yeah. then Sam also pointed out this one: uh, wide B pillar blocks view when checking blind spot. So that de- definitely tells everybody you don't even need to do this uh, all the time to know that uh, if your vehicle, if you if you have if you're a new driver and you have a lot of blind spots in a car, and you go and research the car, and they and the professionals and reviewers are telling you that there's a lot of blind spots. You probably shouldn't get this as a first car. And the, and that's that's really sad because this car looks like it could be marketed to new drivers, you know, yeah. young drivers, new drivers, and it already has problems with blind spots. So, I mean, that's that's not even a great way to market your car if, it has, if the critics are saying it has blind spots. And it probably does. But that that's... So if you're, you're looking at a new car... And your new driver, don't go for the dart if it ha- because blind spots you'll get into an accident really easily. I mean, other than the blind spots, maybe if it didn't have all these other issues, it would be a good good choice. But I'm saying that this the dart is not a good choice uh, mm-hmm. already. With the blind spot that just that makes it will be an insurance hell if you get into an accident because of the blind spot. Yeah. But and then the last one is steering wheels limited tilt down range. So. That that means that uh, the column, you know, how to when you adjust the column, there's a button or a lever, however you know it's 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 a design to move the steering wheel up and down, so you're not uh, tiring your arms out when you're steering. Uh, and this one has a limited range, so if you're too tall, it might not go high enough, or if you're too short, it might not go low enough. Yeah. So that's a pretty big problem for for new drivers as well. Not even just the blind spot, because you're still getting used to how your car drives and 
if your steering wheel won't adjust to your your preference then you know you're gonna have a hard time steering the car and that's definitely nowhere near a plus yeah uh, okay now that that's over uh let's see what else what to know new for 2013 okay so now there's another section what to know it's got just i guess a lot of um a lot of the uh more technical and more uh what what kind of features this car has uh obvious it's new for 2013 this is like this was a new car uh available 8.4 inch touchscreen so i think that has to be with some sort of infotainment system or i think the pioneer of infotainment systems because this was 2013 so they were just they were just starting to get popular um and then the numerous ways to personalize uh, I guess that's if you want if you bought it new in 2013 it had a lot of options you know for interior accessories and features uh available seven inch screen in instrument panel oh oh yeah okay I, I was a little confused with that for a second but and it also has an available heated steering wheel so that that's actually not bad that I, that's a plus I mean yeah. everybody would like a heated steering wheel in the winter but I don't know if that was available uh, from Factor. I think that might have been a special order you had to do. I would imagine. But um, what else is here? So it looks like there were someone reviewed the vehicle. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see what this guy says. Uh, I'm not going to read the entire thing because this is pretty long. Uh, I'm just going to read the bits that are kind of important. Uh, let's see. Dodge Dart. Okay, the 2013 Dodge Dart is a good car. Solid entrant, the compact sedan segment, but the powertrain's shortcomings keep it from being a great car. There's been a gap, a gaping hole in the Dodge lineup. The lack of compact sedan since the Neon departed after 2005. And that's true, because when the Neon went, you know, they kind of lost their... Uh, they're a compact sedan market because once they got rid of the Dodge, they were just selling all big vehicles like the Challenger, the Charger, the Caliber, which is discontinued. But I digress with that. Uh, it's never suitable replacement. Now Dodge has finally has one in the 2013 Dart, a sedan with Alfa Romero. What? Tell me Alfa Romero had something to do with this. They should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> Seriously. Origins and name from the 60s. Uh, the Dart had the first Chrysler Group product based on a platform from owner Fiat. What? Alfa Romero is a Fiat brand. Uh, now, now Alfa Romero should be ashamed of themselves. Now they really should be. I did not know that till now. I probably should do more research before I, do, before I start criticizing Fiat. But... See, uh, we tested the darts with the... Okay, let's see. Let's go down to... Uh, okay, European routes. Now, this is something we didn't cover yet, so... A day spent driving the dart on, a, on the winding roads of Northern California revealed a car with taunt reflexes and willingness to attack corners. Chief Engineer Mike Merlo said softer suspension tuning was introduced to suit American taste. But you just literally said, <laughs> said not two seconds ago that it may be too stiff. The ride may be too stiff for people. This entire page is just contradicting itself. Before yeah. I dive into it, uh, let's see, like it's just back and forth between it's good and then it's bad. Now it's bad. Now it's good. 
Yeah, they can't they can't decide whether the suspension is actually good or it's really bad. But they they just keep contradicting themselves. Yeah. The farther we go. Uh, but apparently they changed it because I guess Europeans like a rough ride and the Americans don't. So I guess that's why they're saying they put a softer suspension in it. And this this I I, I guess you could say the Dart does good on curves because it's a it's a smaller vehicle. You know, it's it's lowered it's lower to the ground. You know, there's not a lot of wind resistance. Uh, it all just depends on how high up you are, how heavy your car is. You know, it it all that all that all depends on how you handle corners. Uh, but I guess we can go past that. That's done. Now, this article says four cylinder performance as the title for the section. Now, in no way do I think that. There is a that there is a performance or sport trim on the dart. There's no way that there is, and anyone who tells you that is, is lying or is probably from Dodge trying to sell you the car or one of the dealerships, because there is there is no performance on this vehicle. Uh, even though it has 160 horsepower, it still has a two two liter four cylinder, which is a small engine, but I will say it is in a small vehicle. That's one of the things that the new, the newer car market of today has a problem understanding. They keep putting these small engines in cars that are weigh so much and are huge. I mean, my cousin, I'm going to digress a little bit only because we're on the topic of, you know, small engines. is looking for a car because he just got his license. He got his license before me, but he's been looking for a car. And I've been kind of advising him which cars are good, which cars are bad. I've just been kind of telling them, you know, which cars are good buy, which may not be. And I was looking at some Hondas because, you know, those normally have a good name. And I couldn't believe how many vehicles had 1.5 and 2 liter four cylinders engines in them. Those SUVs are like 1.5 liter two cylinder, four cylinders in them. What, what the hell is going on with the American car market? I mean, I don't know if that's the same for uh, foreign car markets, but. I, I, not even just Honda was doing it. Even Chevrolet is doing it. I mean, aside from the Impala, which actually does come with a V6 trim with a pretty good engine. Uh, the, the other one they were selling, the Malibu, I think it was, it literally has a two-liter engine and like its highest, uh, its highest sport trim. And that's marketed as a sport trim. I know I just said that, but it's marketed as a sport trim with a two-liter four-cylinder that doesn't even have a lot of horsepower. I mean, who the hell markets... Uh, a sport trim with a two-liter four-cylinder. You got you got to be kidding me. But like I said, the only car that I found that actually had uh, the only cars that I did find for him that had at least a V6 in it, or you know at least was a three, at least was over a, at least a three-liter, uh, was the Impala, the Chevrolet Impala, uh, and then there I think there was it wasn't a Subaru. I think it was. Uh, a Hyundai. It might have, either was a Hyundai or it might have been a Subaru. I don't know, but I know it was a sedan. It had a V6 in it. But I did advise him that those were some good buys, and that he should look. He should look more into the uh, the Japan Japanese car market uh, because Chevrolet's kind of been uh, lacking in their uh, quality control. So I told him I just advised him to go Japan a little bit because their quality control is a little bit better. But I did digress a little bit too much, but the point is, is that if you get into a car and you want a new one really bad, do not get anything under three liters and do not get a four cylinder because 
if it's not a small car and if it's a small car, maybe I would be a little bit more uh, easy on it because, you know, it's a small car. It doesn't weigh a lot. But if it's a full-size sedan or SUV or truck, and it's got a very small engine in it, like a four-cylinder and anything under three liters, it's automatically a do not buy because it will. The engine will have too much strain. It will blow up before it even hits 50,000 miles. It, it, can't, it can't take the weight that it's pulling. So that's, that's really what I'm trying to say about this is that don't do it. But with this, this a little bit of a different story only because it's a light vehicle. But the turbo and the transmission are the downside that bring this vehicle down. And I was beginning to like the Dart a little bit, you know. It's an economical car. Good for people, you know, who want to stay on a budget and buy a new car can buy. But, of course, it had to, you know, it had to have its issues with the transmission and it had to put a turbo in it. So that, that's, that's, that's what brought it down, really. But, yeah, that, 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 that's its issue. That's the one issue. I mean, if you're going to have a sport trim on the Dart, at least make the highest trim, uh, the engine a Hemi, at least, at least do that. Or make it a three three liter, you know, th- then it would, then then you would be able to to um, to justify your nineteen thousand dollar price tag in twenty thirteen uh, from new from new from the dealer, but yeah, yeah that 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 that's why I'm really peeved off about that nineteen thousand dollar price tag on the highest sport trim. But now we get into their section for four cylinder performance. After driving the Dart's three engines, which are all the same, uh, the biggest takeaway is the price. Price, price conscious shoppers who choose to choose a lower trim with the base 160 horsepower, two liter, four cylinder. Well, that doesn't really matter because they all have the same engine. Like I, I yeah, it's not like anything's going to change. I, we literally just said this earlier, right when I was reading with the suspension. This article keeps contradicting contradicting itself the farther we go. I mean, they're saying the the lowest the base trim is 160 horsepower 2 liter, but they all are. So just say all the trims are 160 horsepower 2 liter 4 cylinders. This article is really getting under my skin for some reason. And I I don't normally get I don't really get too worked up about Dodge unless I really need to. But uh, we'll still get refined powertrain that offers decent performance and gas mileage. Well, yeah, the gas mileage is pretty good. That's probably the, really the only plus about this. The two-liter engine revs smoothly throughout range, uh, whether equipped with six-speed manual. Wait, six-speed manual or six-speed automatic? Okay, I'm starting to think that there was uh, a little bit of miscommunication with the editor or the uh, the critic and the editor who – uh, you know, put all the information on this page about the Dart. Because now, when we were looking at the trim levels, all of them said they all came in manuals with overdrive. No automatics were sold. But now, it's saying it comes with autom- manual or automatic six-speed. Can, can you please get your story straight? I, I'm really getting worked up about this. Because I cannot believe the the amount of errors made in this this article and the page itself talking about the vehicle. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not doing good with this right now. I'm kind of having a, uh, a little bit of an issue. Uh, power surprisingly tapers off a, at higher speeds at, and at 60 miles an hour, there's a little left for a last minute pass around slower moving traffic. 
you'll have to play and your move with care. So, of course, it has a two-liter four-cylinder, so, of course, it's you know not going to be the fastest thing in the world. So, you know, you might top at it like 60 or a little over that. So, of course, it's a, it's supposed to be a slower car. It's not supposed to be the fastest thing on the road. Uh, there's available power tech. Tra- okay, here we go. Uh, plus, it has a clutchless manual mode. Uh, that's responsive enough to make it engaging, not the norm with these systems. Well, if you're talking about an auto manual, then I don't know what you're talking about because a lot of Dodges, even the newer ones, have that with paddles. So I don't, I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, the automatic well, the automatics one's deficiency is the tendency to upshift into a higher gear than necessary. Uh, well, that's probably because of the way it was programmed. The transmission was programmed. It probably was programmed to upshift uh, at a at a lower RPM uh, for some reason. Probably not the best idea. That's why I uh, that's why I use that's why I use auto manual most of the time because. Sometimes my car shifts uh, too low of an RPM, uh, but that's not the issue most of the time. Most of the time, it, it shifts at around three thousand, which is pretty good. Unless I'm really putting the pedal to the metal, then it then it shifts at around seven, seven, six. You know, depending on you know how how much throttle I'm giving it. But uh, I guess that could be an issue. I mean, if you're trying to pass somebody and your car decides to upshift at like twenty five hundred twenty five hundred RPMs. And you lose all that power. That could be an issue, maybe. Uh, this might be good for fuel economy, but it can sap the sap the engine of power when leaving a turn just when you're getting back on the gas. Holding the transmission in third gear with the manual mode took care of the problem, but the modern automatic shouldn't need the driver's intervention. Well, the, this guy clearly doesn't understand how an auto manual works. Auto manual is designed... So you can manually shift your shift your gears without the need for a clutch. That's the point. That's the whole sky man. That's the whole point of an auto manual is so you can manually select gears if you need more power and if you want to shift at a higher RPM because your car's not doing it, or you know because you want more power and you don't want it to shift when you're not you're not maxing out at RPMs yet and you don't need to shift. That's the whole point. But this guy, I guess he doesn't understand how it works. I guess he's just a little a little kooky like that. Uh, let's see. Go past that. Let's see. Six-speed dual clutch. Uh, oh, well, this is great. Uh, looks like the transmission or uh, the, no, the engine comes from Fiat. So that's why this engine has so many issues because this engine comes straight out of Italy. And I think I already, yeah, I, I, I think I did a video, entire video criticizing. I think that was the one I did with the analysis, analyzing the merger between Chrysler and Fiat. That was, I think, where I called out Fiat for making terrible cars and tra- terrible engines and transmissions. So that's why this Dart is failing so much because it has the same engine that the Fiat 500 uses. So now we know why this engine sucks so much because it's made by Italians. And I'm an Italian, but I don't take offense to calling the Italians uh, idiots at making cars. They're, they're they're really terrible. They make crap cars. Go back to making food, okay? There's no need to get into a car business that you're not good at. <laughs> I'm really getting heated. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm getting really heated. Uh, it's a oh yeah, tradition. We can tell. Oh yeah, <laughs> I am getting really heated at this. I'm not having a good day. 
right, as right at 160, I got him at. Uh, bad. Okay, yeah. Outside the car, the turbocharged engine exhaust note surprised me. As a raspy, verbal, worthy, worth verbal. I've never heard that word used before. Uh, worthy of Chrysler's SR. No, no. Okay. I don't mean to criticize a lot of people because people like certain cars and that's okay. But this guy really, you could just tell he's a suck up to Dodge. You know, I call out Chevrolet shortcomings when it's needed, but this guy is a complete suck up to Dodge. He's calling, he's literally calling a two liter four cylinder equivalent to an SRT trim. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? No, no. Okay. If a car has a Fiat engine in it and only makes 160 horsepower with a four cylinder, two liter, you're clearly a suck up to Dodge. Okay. You're not, you're not cool. You're not doing Dodge a favor. You're only making yourself and Dodge look bad. No, I'm, I'm sorry. This guy really just 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 he just compared an srt trim to to the to the dart dart sport trim which is the the gt i'm sorry but no no you you really need to get out of the uh critic business <laughs> uh, all the engines can run on regular gas through the turbo four cylinder prefers uh premium for maximum performance as this uh writing EPA gas mileage estimates. Okay, cut that. Uh, right. Okay, it actually has 36 uh, highway, 25 city. Now, it didn't say that before. It's probably because of their uh, poor editing on this article. Uh, we already got past all that. Uh, and they're just they're comparing, and then they're also just comparing the miles per gallon to other uh, trims, which I won't get into because that's uh, unrelated. Uh, let's see. Safety. All right. Let's see what safety this thing has. The Insurance Institute for Highway Safety Award of the Dart is 2013 top safety pick designation for the car's top scores and its various tests. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration gave the Dart five star overall rating. It's highest. Uh, now, mind you, this was back in 2013. This was before all these cars had these advanced crash systems and were fitted to be, uh, you know, very safe. But at 2013, I mean, if it got these awards, I mean, then it's, it's probably pretty safe. I mean, aside from all its blind spots that could cause an accident uh, because of uh, driver uh, driver error due to due to a uh, a problem in the design of the vehicle. I mean, other than that, I guess it's a safe car if it got a top safety pick. I mean, maybe. Standard safety includes tent airbags, uh, including side curtain airbags. There are also anti-lock brakes. Okay, that's good. Uh, ABS is always good to have. Uh, an electronic stability system, which are required on all new cars beginning with the 20, 2012 models, rear cross-path detection, a blind spot warning system, and a backup camera are available. Now, all those do not come with the vehicle from factory. Of course, those are uh, add-ons when you're uh, customizing your vehicle. Uh, let's see. That's the end of this guy's review. Uh, this guy is the senior editor, and his name is Mike Hanley. Mr. Hanley, you need to get out of the car reviewing business. You're just a suck up <laughs> to Dodge and Chrysler and Fiat, even though they're all the same company. I don't care. Uh, I just know them as all those separate companies. But I'm sorry, Mr. Hanley, you really need to stop sucking up to Dodge because this is not a good car. And 
although he does address the car's uh, shortcomings, he still does, uh, you know, he still does give it too good of a name uh, in his review. He, he really just doesn't, he, he doesn't rip on it too much. He, he, he doesn't, he does point out some of the shortcomings, but he doesn't point out all of them. He, 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 uh, he makes it sound too good for what it really is. Um, so, Mr. Hanley, you know. So, that, that's, that's the end of his uh, review, the critic, senior editor, uh, Mr. Hanley. And it looks like that's the end, I think, for the entire page, other than the uh, reviews, which I guess we could take a look at really quick. Uh, and uh, this page is lying... To you, Dodge Dart has recalls. This car's junk. I will. I'm just gonna read this one, and then we'll move on to our final opinions. Uh, where the heck did it go? Wait, just had it. Okay, so most of the reviews on here look pretty positive. I'm, I'm on the first page, though. So let's go to the second page. What was that one that I just, I just had? All right, if it's not on page three, we'll just move on to final opinions because I'm not going to search forever for something I can't find. All right, so... Oh. I found... I got it here, Gio. Oh, you got it? Okay. Yeah. Oh, come on. Where did it go now? I think that's uh, the, the, the top bad review, and then it's probably like at page 10 or something, I, and I still can't find it. Oh, wait, here's a bad review. I don't know why. There's too many good reviews. I'm starting to think that uh, there's some forgery going on here. Some employees at cars.com may have wrote some uh, false reviews trying to make the car look better than it really is. Uh, but here's one. I'm going to read this one. Uh, this person is from uh, New Jersey. There's no, there's no town or city listed here, so he's somewhere from New Jersey. Uh, the Fixer 2 says, I purchased a 2013 Dodge Dart on June 29th, 2013. So he bought it when it was still new. Uh, within the first 5,000 5, miles, I experienced three transmission failures. My car was out of service for a total of 126 days. For 98 of those days, I was provided with no alternative means of transportation. When the transmission failed the third time, Chrysler refused to service the car and forced me to take them to court before they would agree to fix the car, causing me to miss work and forcing me to hire an attorney. It is my opinion that Dodge clearly does not care about its customers and that this car is... Now, that is a very, 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 very serious, serious uh, complaint about this car. Three transmission failures within the first 5,000 miles. How the hell does that even happen with a new car? Well, it's a manual, so some people may not know how to drive manual, but that's the only issue that I can see. I I, I would agree with you on that. It's either a manual or uh, with this phantom automatic transmission that was never mentioned until the reviewer mentioned it. I would have to agree with you on the manual. He probably maybe was grinding the gears, you know, what, what didn't know how to shift the manual, was popping the clutch too much or something. I, Three transmission failures, five thousand miles within the first five thousand miles. That, and the car was out of service for one hundred and twenty-six days. That that is that is bad, and yeah, and they don't give him a loaner car either. Like yeah, and they, if you have it in for that long, you should give him a loaner car so he can still. 
yeah, and, do what he needs to do. And being under 5,000 miles, this car is most likely still under warranty. And Chrysler, Fiat Chrysler of all people, are taking this guy to court because they don't want to pay for it, even though it's still probably under warranty. That just shows how much Fiat Chrysler does not care about its customers. And, yes, yeah, so this has to be definitely under warranty. So Fiat Chrysler does not care about you when your car's under warranty. They've uh, they've not been also they've uh, they also haven't been uh, safe from other legal issues from previous models you know uh, even later than 2013 like today not today but you know uh, in the modern day back then when they were making cars uh, they had a lot of issues with their engines and transmissions and they never recalled any of it and they went to court and they keep having to to hemorrhage money out to pay for these settlements so. Just build your car right, and you won't have to do any of it. But they don't care about their customers. They build crap. That's the bottom line. And the Dart is clearly no exception to their to their crap show of cars. And I'm starting to think that, like I said, a lot of these reviews are forged because they're just they're they're too good. They're 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 just way way too uh, too much praising these cars. Uh, and these are from, you know, 2013, 2014. And I, I just, maybe, maybe they could be a legit reviews and the car hasn't been causing them issues uh, when they bought it new and, you know, before like uh, 50,000 miles. But I'm pretty sure if, you know, you bought a used one now and it was nearing 50,000, it would definitely be having issues because they don't last that long. But uh, overall, though, it has a four, four stars, which it's, it's okay. And, you know, it's not as bad but there are there are a lot of issues with it and i do think most of these reviews are forged but uh i think we should probably get into final opinions because i there's nothing really left here uh on the page so we'll move it move into final final opinions okay so sam what do you think about this car i mean overall overall just listening to like what the advantages and things are. It sounds like it would be a good car, but once you start like digging into digging into it, it just starts going downhill. Like you get the one person with the transmission issues. That's a big problem. First of all, and then the, uh, the clutch issue, that's another one. Like if you don't, if your clutch ain't working right, you can't shift right. And that's probably what's happening to that guy's transmission is he can't shift right. And he has to grind the gears to get it into gear. And then just everything else about it, like the looks, it doesn't really look that good from the outside. Like, it depends on, like, what you are looking for and what you want. Like, it's all personal preference, too. So, like, from my opinion, I wouldn't want it, but that's just my personal opinion about it. Right. And I do have to agree with you with the exterior appearance. Now, if you're not getting the... Uh, the SXT or the Limited or GT, you know, it, it, it really just looks like a basic rental car that you would get at Enterprise or, you know, uh, what's another one, Hertz. Uh, you know, may, maybe if you got the sport, the sport, <coughs> the, sport the, uh, the make-believe sport trim, the SXT or the Limited or GT with the black rims and a nice, nice uh, paint, maybe it would look a little bit better i mean it still does kind of look like one of those rental cars but maybe if you made it look a little bit better on the outside it would look maybe a tiny bit better 
But you are right. Yeah. It, 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 it's just a basic car. You know, if you're really short on cash and you're looking to stay on a budget, and this this would probably be, you know, a good car uh, if you want to stay on a budget. But I, w- I wouldn't even tell people if they're on a budget to buy this car because it has so many damn issues with mechanical issues. Yeah. So, like, a, yeah, it's not even that great as an, e- an economical car, you know, an economy car to buy. It's, it's mechanically, it's terrible. It doesn't look, you know, that great, but that doesn't really matter for people on a budget. I mean, if you're, you have money, go spend it on another car because this, this one is, you know, it won't look good. You won't look good driving in it. It's not going to, it's not going to serve you well. It's not going to live out its uh, useful life. And, other than the mechanical issues and the appearance issues, it's not a great buy. Uh, there are also probably uh, more issues that people have been having other than mechanical. Uh, it's probably been, I, w- I would assume that as the car got older and the engine just had so much strain on it from all this this uh, this crap happening with it that it pro- they probably all just blew up or something and mm-hmm. it blew, blew an engine, but. Like I said, not a good buy. Chrysler, if your car, if it is under warranty, which none of these probably are anyway, now it's from 2013. They don't, they won't cooperate with you on warranty. They won't, they won't, uh, they won't send a new transmission to be installed at a body shop. They'll refuse. They'll take you to court. It's not worth it. Don't buy from Fiat Chrysler, and especially don't buy the Dart. And that's my final opinion. So. Other than that, uh, I think that's the end of the episode for the Dart. And if you like the episode, check out the other ones. And my name is Giovanni. Yes, it's Sam. Hey, Giovanni here. If you like today's show and want a, us to review a car, make sure to call into the show by following the message link in the description and tell us which car you'd like us to review next.